Welcome, everyone, to the Video Game Fury Podcast. I am your host, Tim Robinson, as always, here on Friday, December 28th, 2018. I'm here, as always, to give you the latest in all the video game news, industry chat, playthroughs, and the continuing adventures of me studying and learning the game dev craft. It's that time once again. We are counting down the top three games of 2018. Very excited to get through this list here as we wrap up the year 2018 as a whole. And just in case you missed last episode, I just wanted to quickly go through the criteria of this real quick. Uh, I am not a full-timer in the video game industry. I'm doing this as a side hustle. So there's no... I haven't really had a chance to play all the big games of 2018. And... I don't think it'd be fair just to go out there and say that this is what it is because everyone else says it's like a 10 or a 9 out of 10 or or whatever high grade uh, a certain site does or a reviewer gives. Uh, I want to base this on my own particularly playthrough of the game. And I think it's only fair because I could speak better to that personally if I'm the one playing it. Uh, And for me, again, it's harder when you're not full-time in the space and you're all even working through most of the year through your 2017 backlog. So I made a pretty conscious decision, unlike last year, where I had my top five games of the year. Because I was able to put my time in then. I made a more conscious decision to stick to three. Because I didn't think I was going to give any justification to a top five of 2018 when I haven't played a lot of the big ones uh, that, that won't be on this list. So just a heads up on that. And uh, just want to make sure you guys are clear on that as I go into these these next couple of shows, as I get into number two today, and hopefully number one in a couple of days before we wrap up the year in general. So with that out of the way, and without further ado, let's get into what is the second game of the year of 2018. I had a struggle to put what would be number two here, because I based this more on, uh, the struggle came more from the, amount of time I spent in each of this games of these games I should say it was really a debate between Shadow of the Tomb Raider versus Spider-Man now I'm sure a lot of people who who played both games will probably say well doesn't it seem obvious it seems like Spider-Man should be up there and then it wasn't so obvious for me from the get-go I mean, mostly that's because I've played a lot more Shadow of the Tomb Raider than I have Spider-Man lately I'm about 75, 80% done with Tomb Raider. And Spider-Man, I've only started maybe the first three hours of the game. So, I really I really wanted to think about that one hard there. And as much as I liked Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I know it's not, I know it's not, it didn't get a lot of favors this year. Um, like, they'd say the game was... A, Probably if you had to give it a grade into like that low to mid eighties range, like it was a good game, but it didn't blow people out of their chairs like the first two reboot games that Crystal Dynamics put together. I think it whole. I think it. Some kudos do need to be given to Idos Montreal for picking up the ball and delivering a a pretty solid uh, Lara Croft experience. It plays exactly like the first two games, but really not much else other than that game mechanic wise. And I haven't gotten to the end yet. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm about 80% in. I, I've heard rumors that the ending uh, was not really that great. They even got to a point that they, I think, 
I just want you all to like redo the ending and upload that as a patch, which is pretty crazy to think of. You don't really hear that a lot in games. So I haven't really got to that point yet to stain my experience. And if it's even going to stain my experience to begin with there. So, so I was conflicted. So this, again, this game I played a lot longer. But as I've gone through it there, I mean, it's a good game. Uh, you, you know what you get from a Tomb Raider game. And the guys at Idols Montreal uh, deserve a lot of credit for taking on a game that Crystal Dynamics was working on a lot. Uh, if you don't know, Crystal Dynamics passed the baton to them because they were given the reins by Marvel to work on this new secret Avengers project that people have been waiting to hear about for a while and we still have no info yet other than a teaser trailer when it was first announced. So I, I do have to give Shadow of the Tomb Raider that credit. Uh, it, it, I, I equivalent it to being like the Arkham Origins of the Tomb Raider games. Uh, I say that because if you know, Arkham Origins is the same way. It's not a Rock City game. It was a WB Montreal game. And they pretty much, to the T, did the exact kind of gameplay style that Batman Arkham games tend to be. It just didn't get a lot of good coverage from people because they said it was just more of the same where i always argue of those arkham games that arkham origins probably has the best story all of them of all of them but i i have to digress and really it comes down to just you know my my love for marvel my love for comic books and just you know and even though i've only played like three four hours of the game on ps4 i i just feel like spider-man as i do it and i think for that reason alone even though I've got a ways to go in the game, uh, just the, the feeling of the game itself and where it's going justifies it enough for me to make Spider-Man for PS4 the number two game of the year for 2018. As much as I give credits to Shadow of the Tomb Raider for doing good stuff again, I think it was just more samey. And graphic-wise, I think it may have taken a little bit notch down there. I'm, I'm playing on an OG Xbox One here, so maybe that has something to do with it. If I played on an X, maybe it's a different story. But again, it was more samey stuff there that I think, you know, when you're talking in top three, I just didn't think it would get up to that point there as well. Spider-Man, though, just feels fresh to me. And I would say to the T, as someone who is a comic book fan, and especially Batman Arkham games are high up there for me. Arkham Origins, you already heard me mention. I love the story in that. Arkham Asylum, the original game, uh, is that kind of tight 3D, almost Metroidvania type of game that I appreciate to this day. I think it definitely is much more tighter than uh, the, the sequels in Arkham City and Arkham Knights decided to become more open over time. So I always appreciated that. Spider-Man just feels exactly like that. When you play as him, you, you feel the motion, you feel the rhythm kind of dancing and fighting as you're bouncing off one villain to the other, uh, putting on your, your different fighting moves and using your webs in very creative ways, whether you're swinging garbage or pillars or something at the, the enemies. I mean, there's a free flow to that combat that just took me back to the old Arkham games and it really made me appreciate those Rocksteady games a lot more. And to see Insomniac do that to the T and uh, even make it more feel swinging, swinging dynamic. I mean, obviously, you know, Batman, the difference obviously between Batman and Spider-Man is that Spider-Man actually has powers as opposed to Batman. So you can take it to another level with Spider-Man, whether you're swinging around the city or you're having a big aerial fight. I think the Insomniac had a lot to play with here, especially having a lot of the mechanics of their previous games, whether you're a Ratchet and Clank fan or if you were one of the uh, fans who are playing the underappreciated Sunset Overdrive. I think you see a lot of that 
culture and identity in those insomniac games come into spider-man play here while also giving a pretty rich story to spider-man i mean just when you think you've seen it all in comics it was uh it was great to see says refreshing this how the story is going i was even listening to uh a podcast ign unfiltered and uh, ted price the uh, the head of somniac was the interview with the interviewee and he was mentioning at the time of how they got uh spider-man in their plate there where it wasn't like they, they they actually got to build their own take on Spider-Man, which is not something you see a lot when you have big licensed properties coming from Marvel or DC or wherever. Uh, Marvel kind of went to them and said, we would love to hear your take on Spider-Man and what you could do with it. And I think that's great that these companies who have such well-established characters and IP for decades can trust a proven developer like Somniac to really give their own take on where Spider-Man can go. And I think it's a it's a great breath of fresh air. You know, you're not going through the origin story. This Peter Parker has been like Spider-Man for like, I think it's like eight years or so is what I remember. So he's a very seasoned Spider-Man. And it's kind of cool going in there knowing the universe is established as it is in the Spider-Man lore in New York City. So you, you have... You already have your take of what Kingpin looks like, or what Norman Osborn looks like, or what Electro or Vulture, uh, or even a newer villain like Mister Negative, who is uh, uh, growing on to me. There, I, I think a lot of the consensus people were saying about him when they thought he was just like one of the lesser known villains of Spider-Man. He's he's got a pretty good story being built himself. And again, I'm only a couple so hours in there, but I'm, I'm intrigued by what, what I've seen so far and what I've read about him that uh, I'm very curious to see where that story goes next. So really, this just comes down to what I love about the old Arkham games and the gameplay being almost reciprocated in this in this standpoint uh, and having a, a great, beloved comic book character in Spider-Man always helps too. It just really, down to me, that's what it came down to. I've been looking for something like that for the longest time after all the Arkham games stopped with Arkham Knight a few years ago. And to see that kind of come back in a different form from Insomniac is, is a welcome breath of fresh air. So no disrespect to Shadow of Tomb Raider there. I like that game, but it just has a lot of the sameness that didn't really make it stand out to me to be high up on this list. I would say if I played more of the, the AAA games this year, maybe Shadow of Tomb Raider would hit the fifth spot in that list. Who's to say? Uh in it, in a year when I didn't get to play all the AAA games, who's to really say? But Spider-Man really wins it out for me. Uh, it's it's a no-brainer me. If you guys know me, how much I love comics, you know how much I love the Arkham games, and the, the free-flowiness of uh, how you can take on Spider-Man, especially going into New York City, which, again, Insomniac did a great job architecting New York City there. Uh, it, they clearly did their research, whether they went into the city itself and took pictures and videos or just did a nice Google search uncertain landmarks i mean they they are hidden the core of what new york city is all about and i i appreciate developers like that i think you really only really see more of that from a company like ubisoft with the assassin's creed games well they'll tell you like depending on the setting of each game they will go out there and uh, uh take pictures videos and, and draw out what ancient rome or ancient egypt will look like during those time periods of those games uh it's that kind of authenticity and detail that I appreciate from a developer such as Insomniac. So there you go, folks. There's your number two game of the year, Marvel's Spider-Man for the PS4. Uh, I hope the, I hope that's something uh, you guys can agree upon there. Uh, it's definitely high up there for sure on a lot of people's list, and it's no different with me. Love to hear your take on anything I talked about on the show for this game. If you feel 
Um, you want to add anything to it that you loved about the game, or maybe you have something to disagree about, feel free to hit up on the comments there. You can find me on all the social medias there that I post, facebook.com slash videogamefury79. You can also go on my own Twitter at trobinson79 if you want to post on there as well. Or if you are on Anchor, on the Anchor app, uh, you can listen to the podcast on here, including all the other podcast services around the world, such as iTunes, Spotify, Android, Google Play, you name it. You can go, but you can also go on Anchor specifically and search for my show and leave a call-in feature if you want to call in, see and give any kind of feedback uh, verbally to me about the, what I'm talking about here or where I might may be wrong. I'm happy to have that discussion and talk about it on the show. So until then, folks, we will be back most likely either I'm guessing probably Sunday or New Year's Eve with the last show of 2018, where I will basically reveal the number one game of the year. A little hint there, it's probably no surprise to you, but it was a game early in the year that everyone was gushing uh, going into uh, the beginning of 2018. So probably no surprise to you if you follow the sites, but I I mean, I can't help it. <laughs> it was that such a great game, but you'll have to find out the next time I come on the show. So stay tuned for that and just kind of sign up, do a synopsis of the year in general. Uh, I kind of like to do a state of the union or state of the gaming industry to kind of talk about industry in general and, you know, me personally, what I'm doing uh, in terms of, uh, you know, playing games and, uh, and even the game dev stuff. I have a little bit to talk to as well uh, to see where that's going into 2019. But you'll have to wait for that next episode, so stay tuned for that and listen to the feed here and uh, watch out on social media, as I mentioned earlier, for when those shows come out. And until then, folks, have a great weekend. I will talk to you soon. This has been Tim, and enjoy your games.